today, as you can tell, we're taking a break in our Believe series. For the last 20 weeks, we've been talking about basic doctrines of our faith. We've been talking about how we can live those things out. We're kind of going to pause for just uh, a little while. I don't know. We may go for three years. I don't know. But we're going to pause for, for just a little bit. But I just, I just really feel like God's got a word for us. And are you guys okay for me listening to God and kind of calling an audible every once in a while? I really believe that what God wants to speak and say to us over the next few weeks is big uh, and it's important. And a lot of times, i got to be honest with you, uh, guys like myself get a little nervous when it comes to talking about giving, when it comes to talking about money. And there are so many people that think that that's all we do. Now, for those of you that have been with us any amount of time, let's be honest, do I talk about this a lot? I don't. We don't pass flying saucers in front of you or chicken buckets and, and, and ask you to give. We, we simply have red boxes that are back at the exit doors that, that say my best on it. But we don't force and we don't want anyone to give under coercion. But here's the deal. As a pastor, I am called to preach to you the total Bible. And listen, here at 1910, we believe the Bible from cover to cover, even the maps in the back, we believe it all. And we believe that it's got a big word for his people. And so I can get up here and just as I talk to you about marriage, just as I talk to you about, about faith or prayer, just as we talk about, about maybe going out and living for Jesus and making disciples. Listen, this topic of giving is also important as, as your pastor, as I equip you to live the life that Christ has called you to live. Do you believe that? And so for me, for me just to say, oh man, you know, ooh, I'm gonna take some, some hits this week because I talked about money and I know people don't like that. Guys, God, I just, can I just back off of that and let's talk about something else. No, I, I gotta preach the whole truth of the gospel. And, and, and the reason we're carving out some time to do this is because we believe that with all of the things that we call these spiritual disciplines, and when it comes to everything about this Christ life, you're going to be more joyful. You will experience this abundant life if you practice these things. And the deal is giving is one of those. Giving. Now listen, when it comes to giving, there's something that I want you to understand from the beginning. Giving is not the key to financial prosperity, but it is the key to an abundant life. Giving, it affects our hearts. In fact, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, Jesus said this, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Our hearts follow our treasures. And when I read the Bible, I believe that giving is laced throughout all of Scripture. In fact, I believe that the key to everything is giving in the Bible. Think about it. The subject of the Bible is Jesus. He is the subject or the noun. And giving is the action or the verb. Remember, God is the ultimate giver. He sent his son Jesus to die in our place. Jesus willingly gave us the right to be called children of God. And he, he, he provided us with the riches of this thing called eternal life. And here's the deal, at no cost. It didn't cost you anything to be called a child of God, a son or a daughter. It didn't cost you anything to, for those of you that have said yes to Christ, to receive this thing 
called eternal life. It's a free gift. Damaris said that, that it's not something that we earn. It's just a free gift given. Now, in return to that, what God is asking us to do is follow his example and also to be generous, especially when it comes to giving. Now, I need you to stay seated for this next statement I'm about to make. This is big. In fact, Randall, I feel a little, feel a little unpastor-like for saying this. And you might not have ever heard many pastors say this. Are you ready? God doesn't need our money. Then why are we talking about it? Well, we believe that God created everything, right? God is not limited by the money or the other resources that we give back to him. God doesn't need our money. He doesn't need our resources. But here's what he wants. He wants our heart. And when I give of my resources or when I give of, as we talked about, our time or, or when I share the... I am giving God a piece of my heart. Now, if money is an important thing in our lives, then money oftentimes becomes the main focus of our time, doesn't it? Our actions, maybe even our thoughts. But if we can get to that place where we place God as the number one priority, if God can become number one in our lives, then this pursuit of money, this pursuit of stuff that money can buy, it will not dominate our lives. So we want to talk about that over the next, I don't know, few years. No, just kidding. A few weeks. And I think that there's something important also for us from the very beginning to understand about about money and about giving. There is a difference between the things that I have to do and the things that I get to do. Now, several months ago, we did a series called We Get To. Some of you were here, and if you missed that, maybe you could listen online sometime. But, but there, there, there's a difference between the things that, that we have to do and the things that we get to do. News bulletin for you, and I don't mean to drag anybody down and make you feel bad, But over the next few weeks, you're going to have to do something. You're going to have to pay your taxes. Now, I know you Uber on top of things type of people have probably already done that. You turbo taxed it, and man, it was done, you know, within 30 minutes that your W-2 hit the door, right? There are things that we have to do and things that we get to do. We, we have to pay our taxes. I mean, our government mandates that we have to pay. There's just no way around it. And, and in fact, there can be some, some serious consequences if you don't pay your taxes, right? Bad boy, bad boy, what you going to do? What you going to do? When they come, they'll come for you. You can try it. You can try to get around it, but you have to do that. I want you to know, that you don't have to give anything to God. You don't even have to give anything to help other people out. But we get to do that. We get to bring our money, our finances into the house. We get to give in ways to help people that are in need. It's our choice to do that, isn't it? We don't have to, but we get to. So... Here's the truth today. You can come to this church every week and never give a single cent. You can. That's the freedom, and that's the choice that you have. You can come every week and just sit there. And here's it. I'm going to be here, 
And, and I'm going to preach the best sermon I can preach every Sunday. That's my goal. I, I'm going to continue to give up Saturday nights and, and, and just kind of hang out at home preparing and getting ready and, and being rested up so that I can preach four times on a Sunday. I love that. And worship. I, I just, we're going to continue to teach your kids. Anybody thankful for kids ministry right now? We're, Pastor Chase and Pastor Danny are going to continue to offer student ministry for, for your kids on Wednesdays. We, we are going to take them to Colorado. If you want us to leave them there, it'll cost you a little extra to leave them there. Come home without them. Um, we're, we're going to continue to brew coffee. And aren't you thankful for coffee? Anybody got addiction issues? Come on. Caffeine. Woo. Man, I've had about 32 cups already. You can tell. Um, we're we're going to continue, but you can continue to come and experience all. You can continue to sit in Radiant Bible Study. And you don't have to give a cent to anything. That's your choice. That's your freedom. The gospel of Jesus Christ is like that. It's, it's a free gift to all of us. No, no, no one made God love us. No one made Jesus enter our world and, and die on the cross to pay for our sins. He, he did this because... He loves us. And so, so, so here's the deal. If you're a first-time worshiper with us today, you, you, you're our guest. I know that we got the Valorosa MC. Thank you guys for coming, being with us today, brothers. The, the gate's always open for you guys. You're always welcome here in this house. Amen. But if you're a first-time guest, if you're a first-time worshiper with us today, we, we do not expect an offering from you today. We don't expect you to give anything financially to this house. The only thing we want you to do is, is afterwards, we want you to come to the pastor's reception. My beautiful wife, Angie, will be there. I want you to meet her. She's awesome. And we also have a free gift that we want to give you. But we're not expecting you to give us anything else today. Now, for those of you that would call 1910 your church home, that, that, that this is your church home, well, then the sermon today is especially for you. It's for you, okay? So I have a question for you today. Do you give your resources because you think you have to do it? Or do you give because you want to give? There is a big difference. Why would we talk about this? Why would we call an audible and take a break in our Believe series? Well, it's because we want you to experience everything that God has for your life. In fact, we believe that the key to experiencing more of an abundant life as a believer is giving more of your life to God. Giving more of your life to God. In fact, I believe that the, the, the amount of abundant life you experience here on earth, and you know that's what Jesus came to give us, right? He came that we may have life and have it more abundantly. Life to the max, life that is over the top. The key for you experiencing and living that type of life is, is directly proportioned to the percentage of your life that you give back to Jesus. And so if you're a 50%er, if you just give Jesus 50, 50% of your life, then, then, then you'll be a 50% liver in your abundant living. That's it. You, you, whatever you give, you're going to get back. And can I just tell you something? You'll never be happy until you give God everything. So, so many people, some of you here today say, man, I just, man, I just, I just can't seem to break through. 
I just can't seem to make it, and I just feel a little, you know, and, and, and I would just say, how much are you surrendered to the Lord? How much are you truly given to him? And I'm not talking about money, but how much are you, of your life are you given to him? You see, the, the, the more that I say yes to Jesus and his will and his ways for my life, the more that I'm going to receive in this thing called the abundant life. Does that make sense to you? Here's the problem. So many of us, so many people just say yes to Jesus to be Lord and to be Savior because they just want an eternity in heaven. But the, the hard part comes whenever we have to start making daily decisions based on what Jesus wants us to do. Or, or, or when, we, when we have to love our neighbor as ourselves. No, it's a get-to. Or, 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 or when we, 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 we make our financial decisions or, or parents or, or, or men. Men, when you love your wives the way that Christ loves the church. See, so many of us, we, we don't like those parts of it. <laughs> we, we just want heaven. We just want heaven. Man, I'm telling you, you're missing out. There's so much that God has for you here. And the proportion of this thing called the abundant life is directly related to how much you surrender and give to him. Today's church is dreadfully out of step with God's heart on this topic of giving. We, we, we are out of step with God when it comes to this. In fact, estimates today say that the average Christian is giving less than 3% back to the Lord. Less than 3%. And, and in reality, it's like 1.7%. The average Christian is giving that back to the Lord. Guys, that's terrible. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's, that's horrible. A few weeks ago, we shared with you just some giving statistics about this house and, and about what we've, we've been able to do with, with our faithful giving. We have about 434 active members in, in our church, people that have attended the EDGE class, and they've signed a covenant of membership and said, hey, we're in. We are all in with you. We've got about 434 of those people. Now, on top of that, on a, on a normal Sunday or during the week, we, we have what we call regular attenders, and, and there's about 1,117 of, of regular attenders here at 1910. These are people that maybe attend a life group. Um, maybe they come to a radiant Bible study or a men's, uh, a man you Bible study. Maybe they serve. Their kids are in kids' ministry. But, but we have some way of tracking those regular attenders on campus. So that, that, that combined is about 1,551 people on the weekend, adults, on average here at 1910 Church. Now, out of those 1,551, only 443 gave at least one time last year, meaning that there were 1,108 people that were regular. And, and, and by the way, you, you are now considered a regular tender at church if you attend 1.4 times a month, about 28%. Hey, Go to work about 28% this next month and see what happens. Um, husbands, be committed to your wife about 28% this next year. See how long that lasts and where it gets you. Hey, students, just, just, just go to school about 28% of the time this semester. See, see well, I know you'd like that, but don't you do it. Don't you do it. 1.4 times. We have 1,108 people that did not give one single dime to the ministries of this church last year. But they came. 
They drank the coffee. They attended the Bible studies. Their kids went places with us or came to Wednesday nights. We, we taught boys and girls about Jesus and, and, and whatever. You, you worshiped with us Christmas Eve on the town square. I mean, just, but, but over 1,100 people didn't give anything to support the ministry. And, and that's okay. Again, we're going to continue to do what we do. But the bigger thing is you missed out on the blessing of giving. You missed out on what we believe is joy that comes when we give to the Lord's work. Giving. And here's what I've come to understand. Giving is a heart issue. It's not a money issue. It's a heart issue. And we believe here at 1910, we're crazy, but we believe that you ought to have great joy when you give. We really do. We don't want anyone to do anything out of coercion or forced or that gummit. You take that bald-headed dude on stage. Take it. Just go. No, we want you to give joyfully. We want you to have fun. It ought to be fun when you give. I love what it says in Mark chapter 12, verse 30. Anybody like the Bible? Anybody like? Good. If you don't like it, that's all right. You're missing out. There's some good stuff in there. But in Mark chapter 12, verse 30, listen to what the Lord says. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. All. Everything we have. So let me ask you a question this morning when it comes to money and when it comes to giving. What does your money say about whom and how you love? Mm. What does your money say about whom and how you love. And keep in mind, it's, it's, it's about giving joyful. I, I'm reminded of the story in, in Scripture about the widow. You remember that story? The, there's, there's a worship gathering that's taking place in, in the temple, and, and the religious leaders are coming by, and as they pass by and drop their money, they're dropping big coins into the offering plate. And the Scripture says, then there was a widow that came by that day, and she gave two smaller coins. Now, the religious people were feeling pretty good about themselves because they dropped in the, the, probably the bigger currency of the day. But this widow just gave two smaller uh, increments of money. But it was the widow that Jesus praised that day. You remember that? Because why? She gave everything she had. She, she understood Mark 12. I gave all. She gave on her own free will. She, she gave sacrificially. She gave without reservation. She gave all that day. Our money is a powerful testimony to what we believe and why we believe. It says that we're not thinking of ourselves, but we are looking for ways that we can love others through our giving. Think about this for a moment. We'd be foolish to say that, that, that we love our family and then not provide for them, right? Angie, Annie, I love you guys. I love you. But y'all are on your own. I'm cutting y'all out. You, you, you're going to have to, it's time to, to grow up and make it on your own. It's, it's also ridiculous to say that, 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 that we love other people around us, our fellow man or our fellow sister, and, and then not give to them whenever we see them in need. Or in a bind. 
I also believe that, that, that when we say we love our church, but when we refuse to give, I think that's equally ludicrous. Oh, but I got the NTC sticker on my car. Heck, we even gave that to you. It's free. And you only put it on there because you wanted some balloons and a Starbucks card. You didn't pay for that. Just kidding. It's all right. Listen. We're contradicting ourselves if we say that we love Christ and then we don't share our monies in the proclamation of his message. It just doesn't match up. Oh, God, I will worship you. I love you with all of my heart, just not with my money. God, I will serve you. Lord, I'll do anything you call me to. Just don't make me stop by that red box on the way out. It's a contradiction. When we love the Lord our God with all of our heart and our soul, and when we love our neighbors as ourselves, we will be prompted by love to also give with great joy. That was the widow's experience in the story in Scripture. She just gave everything she had. Now, the key to giving joyfully, I believe, is, has to do with having an open heart. Having an open heart. What does that mean? In 1 John chapter 3, verse 17, it says this. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? What? That's hard, isn't it? That's just the Bible. I'm not making this up. That's in God's word. If I see someone in need but then I don't give, you know what happens? I've closed my heart. That's not an open heart. I see someone and they say, mm, gosh, sure would hate to be in your situation. You know you can open or close your heart, right? You, you, you can open or close. You have the ability. We call that your will. You, you, have, you, you might see something on TV that stirs you. You might hear about a, a need in somebody's life. Or, or you might even hear us promote and give opportunities about sponsoring children in, in, in Guatemala. We have another 30 of them, by the way, that we've identified that are in need. And, and you have an opportunity to either open your heart towards those times or you can, can close your heart. But it's your will. It's up to you what you do with that. Have you ever shut your heart? Let me ask you this. Have you ever shut your heart towards God? Hmm, what do you mean by that? Maybe you lost a job and it was God's fault. God, I thought you loved me. Thought you, God, that loves everybody, but I've lost my job. And maybe you just thought it was God's fault and you put it on him and you closed your heart. Maybe he had something better for you or something he wanted to teach you. Or maybe you did something to lose. I don't know. But you closed your heart. Maybe for some of you in this room, you've prayed about healing. You've prayed for healing for someone or maybe a healing that needs to take place in your life. And, and, and you feel like God just didn't show up when he should have and he didn't respond the way he, that you thought he should have. Be careful because you're trying to control God then, right? But maybe he just didn't turn out the way you thought and you just boop, close your heart towards God. Scripture would say that people like that, have their heart has become hardened it's a hard heart. In fact, in Proverbs chapter 28, verse 14, it says, A tender-hearted person lives a blessed life, but a hard-hearted person lives a hard life. Is it possible that maybe God's just waiting for you to open your heart so that he can bless you in a big way? 
Your heart's close to him. And, and I think God in heaven wants to bless all of us, but, but we're just hardened towards him. And we're missing out on what he wants to do. Giving is a heart issue. It's not a money issue. It's a heart issue. When the Apostle Paul spoke about the legendary giving of the Macedonian church, he, he, he's writing to the church in Corinth, and he's urging them to prove their love like these people in Macedonia. Look what he writes about them in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, beginning in verse 7. He says this, Since you excel in so many ways, Corinthians, since you excel in so many ways in your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, your love from us, I want you also... To excel in this gracious act of what? Of giving. Now, I'm not commanding you to do this, he says in verse 9, but I'm testing how genuine your love is by comparing it with the eagerness of the other churches. And then in verse 9, he takes it a step further, and he talks about the highest standard in love and giving. Look what he says. You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich... Yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty he can make you rich. Paul's reminding the Corinthian church of how much that our Savior gave us. He gave his very best. Aren't you thankful that Jesus didn't just go halfway to the cross? That he went all the way? Aren't you thankful that, that just his arrest and the torture that he suffered while in prison, aren't you thankful that, that he didn't say, okay, that's all I can stand, I can't stand no more? No, aren't you thankful that he walked all the way that day to Golgotha with the cross? And aren't you thankful that he hung there the hours that he did, the suffering that he went? Aren't you thankful that he gave his all? Listen, how could we not possibly want to respond with our best to a Savior that gave us his best? How could we not? A few months back, we made a decision here at 1910 Church, and we've always just kind of had boxes in the back and let people, you know, give as God leads them to. And we've never forced that or made a big deal about it. And a few months back, I, I was impressed with this thing about giving our best. You know, so many of us, when it comes to giving, and a lot of times we talk about the tithe, right? And we used to have that word tithe on, on top of our giving boxes back there. And, and, and so many people are like, oh, the tithe, bless Old Testament. Ah, we're New Testament. Forget the Old Testament. Okay, so it's okay to go murder people then. Because that was Old Testament. It's okay. Children, disobey your parents. Old Testament. We're New Testament. You don't have to, don't worry about kids like, yeah. You know, hey, husbands, you know, cheat on your wives. It's all right. Old Testament. No, come on. You can't throw out the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, we read about this word tithe, right? And the tithe was 10%. Hey, listen, we, we, we took tithe off of our boxes because we believe that the tithe or 10% ought to just be a starting point. That ought to be the minimum for us as believers in Jesus. Listen, if we're going to be gut honest about it, we're New Testament people. We are people Jesus came to do away with the law, right? And we're now people of grace. You know what grace requires? Everything. All New Testament. Old Testament doesn't sound so bad now, does it? 10% versus everything? No. We call ourselves, a, 
we've received the grace of God and grace demands that I respond with everything I have, everything I am. And so we made a decision, hey, let's take tithe off because reality is some of you can do more than 10%. We just wanna be a church where everybody brings their best. For some of you, you're not, you've not given anything. You're part of the 1108 that didn't give anything last year. For, maybe for you right now, 2% would be a good starting point or maybe 5%. Some of you, 10%, it's just built in. That's a part of your financial plan. Do you have a financial plan? You know, you ought to. Some of you can do more than 10. We just simply wanna be a house that brings our best. Why? Because our God gave us his best. He didn't just give us 10%. He gave his very best. But I gotta be honest with you, we as a staff, as good as we are, we've let you down. Because in, in, in August when we had our, our vision day and we cast a vision of which we felt God was calling us to do this year at 1910, we laid out several things. For instance, one of the things I said is, hey, I see God wanting us to develop a leadership academy here at 1910 Church. A leadership academy where we are developing and raising up young men and young women like a Jake Gum. Jake Gumright, senior, champion high school. Where are you at, champion chargers? Whoop, whoop, come on. Champion charger right here, senior in high school. Young men and young women like Jake say, you know what? I feel like God has a special calling on my life. And, 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 and this academy is a place where we can train people like Jake Gum that might have a calling to be worship pastors or church planters or medical doctors in the field, or bush doctors that fly planes into remote areas of the world, where we can begin to prepare them for this greater calling that God, we, we share that with you, but can I just tell you something? We can't do it like what we envision because we don't have the finances to do it. And I'm not trying to pressure anybody, but that's just reality. We, we have visions of, of, of recording, videoing our services. Because, dadgummit, I want to see myself on the jumbotron. No, those things aren't big enough to hold me. But we want to be able to record our services, to put on the web for people that, that can't be with us today physically, to be able to worship with us. And, and see, So many people say, hey, when are we putting the music on? You're preaching so-so, but the music in our church is awesome. When can we hear that? We just don't have the capabilities right now of recording that and getting it out there in a, in, in a way that just sounds good. But there are just some things like that that we've not been able to run full throttle with. Because we've kind of cut back and we're, we're trying to just prove to God that we can be faithful with, with what we have right now. But we just don't have it also. <laughs> Again, I'm not trying to pressure you. I'm trying to be honest with you. It's a transparent moment. And I hate saying it, but I'm just being honest. That's where we're at. What would happen if we opened up our heart? What would happen if we began to be faithful givers? And I'm not just talking about one time. I'm talking about faithfully each and every week, giving our best to the Lord. I want to show you this last verse real quick, and then we're going to get out of here. Here's how we, this is our desire. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Hey, let's bring our best to the house, this house. 
Listen, the church is the hope of the world. It is. This is what Jesus established. And the calling on this house is great. We represent kingdom advancement. Let's bring our best to the house. Let's trust God and let's be radical givers. Let, 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 let's have an open heart. Let's give for kingdom advancement. Let's just see what God wants to do. Can we do that? Giving is not a money issue. It's a heart issue. Is your heart open to the Lord's work? <laughs> we okay? I love you guys. And I want to see you live this thing called abundant life. And it comes through generous giving. It's part of it. It's part of it. I want to ask you to stand. You guys have been awesome today. This has probably been my favorite audience all day. Thank you, guys. Third service is my favorite. Y'all are pretty cool. I want to ask our prayer ministry team to come and make themselves available today. Hey, one of the things that we do at 1910 is... Is, is every Sunday, we just want to give you an opportunity to, to come when we dismiss and just come down here and be loved and encouraged. And we've got great men and women. We've got students down here that, that their heart's desire is just to pray with you and encourage you. For someone in this house today, maybe you need to say yes to Jesus for the very first time. You've been putting off receiving him as Lord and Savior. Maybe today you say, you know what? Today's the day that I need to say yes to Jesus, not just for heaven, but for this thing called abundant life that Pastor Jason's talked about. We'd love to visit with you about that. Gil, you would love to talk to somebody about receiving Jesus, wouldn't you? Rick Edwards is down here. Rick, raise your Rick's down here. And Rick, today, we just love to pray with somebody and encourage them. Maybe you're, you're dealing with something in your life. Maybe a major decision you need to make this week. Or maybe there's some healing that needs to take place in your life. In fact, Brandy's down here. Brandy, wouldn't you love to pray with somebody today that's just facing a difficult time? Hey, when I pray and say you're dismissed, as people are leaving, if we can encourage and pray with you on anything, you run to the front and let us minister to you. So God, thank you today for the reminder that you're a God that gave us his very best. Thank you, God, that, 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 that you didn't take the easy way out or forget about us. And God, thank you that you still give us your best love and mercy. There's no condemnation, no judgment. You love us. And God, you continue to shower your blessings upon us. Father, I pray that this would be a house of radical givers that we would bring each and every week our very best to you, God, for your use and your glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.